Section 191 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 237. London, New Year's Day, 1759. My dear friend, multi e felici, and I have done upon that subject, one truth being fair upon the most lying day in the whole year. I have now before me your last letter of the 21st December, which I am glad to find is a bill of health. But, however, do not presume too much upon it, but obey and honor your physician, that thy days may be long in the land. Since my last, I have heard nothing more concerning the ribband, but I take it for granted it will be disposed of soon. By the way, upon reflection, I am not sure that anybody but a knight can, according to form, be employed to make a knight. I remember that Sir Clement Cotterill was sent to Holland to dub the late Prince of Orange, only because he was a knight himself, and I know that the proxies of knights, who cannot attend their own installations, must always be knights. This did not occur to me before, and perhaps will not to the person who was to recommend you. I am sure I will not stir it, and I only mention it now, that you may be in all events prepared for the disappointment, if it should happen. G. is exceedingly flattered with your account, that three thousand of his countrymen, all as little as himself, should be thought a sufficient guard upon three and twenty thousand of all the nations in Europe. Not that he thinks himself, by any means, a little man, for when he would describe a tall, handsome man, he raises himself up at least half an inch to represent him. The private news from Hamburg is, that His Majesty's resident there is woundedly in love with Madame. If this be true, God send him, rather than her, a good delivery. She must be entranée at this season, and therefore I think you should be so too. So draw upon me as soon as you please for one hundred pounds. Here is nothing new, except the unanimity with which the Parliament gives away a dozen of millions sterling, and the unanimity of the public is as great in approving it, which has stifled the usual political and polemical argumentations. Cardinal Bernice's disgrace is as sudden, and hitherto as little understood as his elevation was. I have seen his poems, printed at Paris, not by a friend, I dare say, and to judge by them, I humbly conceive his eminency is a P. I will say nothing of that excellent headpiece that made him and unmade him in the same month, except, O King, live forever. Good night to you, whoever you pass it with. Letter 238. London, February 2nd, 1759. My dear friend, I am now what I have very seldom been, two letters in your debt. The reason was that my head, like many other heads, has frequently taken a wrong turn, in which case writing is painful to me, and therefore cannot be very pleasant to my readers. I wish you would, while you have so good an opportunity as you have at Hamburg, to make yourself perfectly master of that dull but very useful knowledge, the course of exchange, and the causes of its almost perpetual variations, the value and relation of different coins, the specie, the banco, usances, agio, and a thousand other particulars. You may with ease learn, and you will be very glad when you have learned them, for in your business that sort of knowledge will often prove necessary. I hear nothing more of Prince Ferdinand's garter, that he will have one is very certain, but when, I believe, is very uncertain. All the other postulants wanting to be dubbed at the same time, which cannot be, as there is not ribboned enough for them. If the Russians move in time and in earnest, there will be an end of our hopes and of our armies in Germany, 
three such millstones as Russia, France, and Austria must, sooner or later, in the course of the year, grind his Prussian majesty down to a mere margrave of Brandenburg. But I have always some hopes of a change under a gunarchy, derived from the Greek word un, a woman, and means female government, where whim and humor commonly prevail, reason very seldom, and then only by a lucky mistake. I expect the incomparable fair one of Hamburg, that prodigy of beauty and paragon of good sense, who has enslaved your mind and inflamed your heart. If she is as well entrainée as you say she shall, you will be soon out of her chains, for I have by long experience found women to be like Telphus's sphere. If one end kills, the other cures. There never was so quiet nor so silent a session of Parliament as the present. Mr. Pitt declares only what he would have them do, and they do it. Nimene contradicente, Mr. Viner only excepted. Duchess Hamilton is to be married to-morrow to Colonel Campbell, the son of General Campbell, who will some day or other be Duke of Argyle, and have the estate. She refused the Duke of B. for him. Here is a report, but I believe a very groundless one, that your old acquaintance, the fair Madame C., is run away from her husband, with a jeweller, that entraînes her, and is come over here, but I dare say it is some mistake or perhaps a lie. Adieu. God bless you. End of section 191. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.